and welcome to another round of Tripped Up Trivia. This is Alexis Haina, your co-host, and it is time to get super nerdy with questions invoking the most sacred of nerd holidays. May the fourth be with you. It's time for some sci-fi trivia. And as always, with me here is my co-host. I have tried so hard to scare him off. I don't know why he keeps coming back and putting up with me, Mr. Jesse Starcher. Oh, wow. So it's been a year since we started this, right? This is our year anniversary show, right? Was sci-fi the first one? It is. Sci-fi was the first one. That was the first one where we were basically playing and saying, please, God, don't hate us. We're trying so hard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I wouldn't rather do this with anyone else there, Alexis, so I'm glad to be here tonight hanging out with you and uh, celebrating our year anniversary. Oh, thank you so much. All right, so this round, Jesse, you will be asking the questions to our contestants, but why don't I go ahead and get them on the floor here? Go for it. All right, starting off, brand ambassador and production assistant to the MCU's Bleeding Edge podcast and YouTube channel, Mr. Vincent Van Spock. Hello. How's it going, everybody? Live long and prosper. (laughs) Wonderful to have you on the show, man. So, uh, MCU Bleeding Edge, you and I have worked together a couple of times on that. Uh, You ready to do something a little out of the box with going strictly sci-fi? I I love trivia. I'm usually okay at it, so I think this is going to be fun. Awesome. Excellent. All right, next, game writer for Geek News Now and host of the Duo Sense podcast, where they talk about video game news and give hot game takes it is andrew orozco thank you alexis it's always great when i get to do anything with you it's always a fun time so thanks for inviting me and first time on here hopefully not the last and i'm just happy to be here you know flattering me doesn't get you any extra points right that's that's <laughs> fine that's fine it, it's worth a shot you know you miss every shot you don't take all right next up we once referred to him as the invisible man but he has finally reappeared into the podcast land welcome back justin thomas Hey, how's it going? Able to convince him at the very last minute to join us tonight, so... I got lost in the multiverse. It was madness, dude. (laughs) Oh, boy. Prepare for a lot of that, folks. All right, and our returning champion and representative of his minority group, which he has described as left-handed West Coast immigrant bagpipe technicians, Mr. David Wright. Well, no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Returning champion. Returning champion, David Wright. Unbelievable. Hey, you're celebrating our year anniversary with us. You've been on plenty of these shows, so let's go ahead. We'll get into things. Alexis, anything else before I jump into asking some questions? I think we are good to go. A reminder to all those who are new to our show and have are joining us for the first time, you were warned. But we are going to be doing three categories. We have broken these questions up into movies, television, and print. That includes the printed word books and graphic novels uh first round will be uh, fairly easy questions or at least easy as far as we're concerned it'll be one point each after that we are going to go into the second round and the questions will be much harder and for two points each all right here we go round one we are going to get into movies so our first question how many gigawatts does it require to power the time machine to get Marty back to 1985 in the first Back to the Future film? Did you say gigawatts or gigawatts, sir? Gigawatts. Gigawatts. No gigawatts know, here. That's a yeah, there is a significant difference. Someone want to ask what the hell is a gigawatt? Gigawatt. Getting jiggy with it. <laughs> what did I just say? 
but I need a nuclear reaction to, to generate the gigawatts of Here it comes. Got the three dots. <laughs> if you send it, it's taken forever to get to me. So it's on the way. I say we're having a knuckles the echidna moment. Dot 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 dot. Right. Okay. Answers. All answers are in, and the correct answer is one point twenty one gigawatts. But we got Vincent and Justin both got that correct. I love how David David went decimal points. Andrew, you went you went with twenty, which is a nice round number. David goes with four point six one. It's like so damn exact. <laughs> What's the uh, conversion rate for gigawatts? I wonder. Uh yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> okay, all right. Question number two: In Terminator Judgment Day. What is the name of the company that is researching the recovered Terminator chip and arm from the first film? And this is multiple choice. Choices are OCP, Cyberdyne, Umbrella Corporation, or Wayland yutani I need to know how Skynet gets built. Who's responsible? The main most directly responsible is Miles Bennett Dyson. Regardless, I don't think you really want to work for any four of those corporations. Mm. Robert Winfrey did a whole Everyone Loves a Bad Guy on equal corporations. <laughs> that does sound like a very Robert Winfrey Everyone Loves a Bad Guy. Thing yes, it does. That would have been a good show to be a part of. I definitely know, I definitely know who Waylon Utani is. <laughs> right, right. All right, all answers are in. The correct answer is Cyberdyne, and everybody yeah. got that correct. One's across <laughs> the board. Yeah, it's like, so which one do you want to go with? The ones who turn humans into robots? the one that is planning the apocalypse, the one that will give us zombies, or the ones that will give us uh, aliens. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Wait, so what is OCP? I don't know. That's the only one I didn't know. Uh, yeah, Robocop. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, okay, question number three. What is the name of the sentient planet that consumes other worlds from the Transformers the movie 1986 film? What a time... I considered sparing your wretched little planet, Cybertron. But now, you shall witness its dismemberment. No! I'd be very careful with spell check on this one. Yeah, I'm hoping I spelled it right. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, autocorrect! <laughs> Everybody got that incorrect. It is actually Unicorn. No, I'm just kidding. It is actually Unicorn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I almost said Omnicron. <laughs> Omnicron, no! <laughs> oh, the real villain in the sequel, I guess. I don't know. But that uh, was yes. the one fun thing about the Omicron variant was all the Transformers themes. <laughs> right, dude. Autobots, right. we must stop Omicron! <laughs> Uh, yes, everybody got um, that correct. The correct answer is Unicron. Unicron. Omnicron, Omnicron must be the evolved version of Unicron, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Scary. Does anyone know who did the voice of Unicron in the movie? Isn't that, isn't that Orson Welles' last role? It was. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Orson, Orson Welles. And Leonard Nimoy uh -huh. did Gavitron. I didn't know he yeah, lived that long. So many opportunities to duck wing duck ourselves. <laughs> be ready. <laughs> uh, dark wing duck. All right. Question number four. The Voyage Home is which numbered film in the Star Trek movie franchise? 
Everybody's answers are in, and everybody got this correct. One's across the board. It is Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, or IV. Would you um, believe that I did not know that, and I just guessed? You guessed? Congratulations. Yes. Good job. I'm not a Trekkie at all. <laughs> I remembered it was after the uh, the Spock, the search for Spock. I had not remember right. the order. Yep, yep, search for it Spock. It was the one, with the, the one with the whales. That's right. That is right. All right. Question number five. Last question in the easy movie round. Here we go. An army of darkness. What? This is multiple choice. What does our hero Ash tell the medieval medieval citizens is the name of his shotgun? Oh. Is it <laughs> is it hole maker, loud rod, or boomstick? So there's three choices: hole maker, loud rod, or boomstick. Oh, <laughs> I misspelled that. I misspelled that. I misspelled that. No, I'm reading that, but it, I know what you mean. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't fail me now. Oh, that's great stuff, man. Uh, So, Andrew, uh, we're giving him the point, obviously, but Andrew put, this is my broom stick. (laughs) Andrew, please tell me that was autocorrect. It was. was. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Everybody got that right. It is ones across the board. The correct answer is boom stick. So, Remington uh, 12-gauge double-barrel shotgun. S smart top of the line. Shop smart. Shop smart. Shop S smart. S smart. <laughs> <laughs> we are at five questions in movies here. Give us a score update, Alexa. All right. Spock and Justin are tied at five each. Uh, Andrew and David are only behind with four each. So, so far, pretty damn close. It is. Okay, we're moving into the TV section. So here we go. Question number one. What is the name of the creepy Fox television show featuring David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson as FBI agents Mulder and Scully? I'm Dana Scully. I've been assigned to work with you. Oh, isn't it nice to be suddenly so highly regarded? So who did you take off to get stuck with this detail, Scully? Actually, I'm looking forward to working with you. I've heard a lot about you. Oh, really? I was under the impression that you were sent to spy on me. Everybody got this correct. It is the X-Files. Question number two. In Quantum Leap, what is the name of the artificial intelligence that helps Sam and Al? Is it Dobby, Ziggy, or Kit? Theorizing that one could time travel within his own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. to find himself trapped in the past facing mirror images that were not his own all answers are in and everybody got that right across the board it is ziggy i did not like the end of that series either okay question number three airing on nbc from 1970 to 1973 this spooky anthology series was hosted by rod serling and featured the, the directorial debut of steven spielberg this is multiple choice what is the name of this show? Is it Night Gallery, The Twilight Zone, or Freddy's Nightmares? Welcome, art lovers. We offer for your approval a still life, if you will, of noise. A soundless canvas suggestive of sound. The mouth belongs to Pamela. In life, a shrieking battle axe made up of adenoids, tonsils, and sound decibels. In death, an unmuted practitioner of fishwifery. Please. What was the year again? 
1970 to 1973. Oh, 70 to 73. And what was the first two? Night Gallery, The Twilight Zone, or Freddy's Nightmares. I don't understand why you're not counting that as a choice there, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> All answers are in. The correct answer is Night Gallery. Mm-hmm. And it was Andrew and Justin who got that correct. And I, I think probably, you know, you asked me about the dates. Yeah, I think if I that was a deciding this, factor. Right, dude, right. I probably would have, if I would have got this question, because I would immediately went the Twilight Zone. Yeah, I uh, did. Like Rod Sterling, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Twilight Zone. Then you said 1970. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, huh? right. We yes, had colors by then. <laughs> it was yeah, before the he 70s. He was trying to trip you guys up. You had to pay attention. <laughs> and Freddie didn't come out till the 80s. <laughs> That is actually on Tubi right now. If anybody has, well, if anybody's downloaded Tubi because it's free, you can watch Freddy's Nightmares all two seasons on Tubi. Question four. What was the name of Buffy's mentor and school librarian in the se- in the series Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who was portrayed by Anthony Stewart Head. While we're waiting, if anybody's interested, he actually does a really good singing performance in Repo the Genetic Opera. Years roll by without you, Marnie. Seventeen have come and gone. I raised our Shiloh with the best intentions. Okay. Yeah. He does. Did you know he was actually supposed to uh, lead the uh, the chorus of ghosts in um, Tim Burton's uh, uh, Sweeney Todd? I did not. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know if it was Tim Burton who decided not to do it or if it was the studio who decided not to do it. But yeah, they, they decided to cut the chorus at the last minute. So now that you only have the uh, interlude music on those parts. But there is a brief scene where he shows up. He's the customer who goes to talk to Todd after he beats... Uh, the Italian, he say he he's goes something, you know, it's like, fine work. Do you have your own premises or something <laughs> like that? He's in the movie for like two seconds. I just um, know, I just know what what he was at the school. I don't remember <laughs> what what he was. Oh, that's great. Okay, all right, all answers are in. A- Andrew, quite cheeky, puts Y F F U B, you fub, and I was like, what is he doing? But well, I realized that's Buffy backwards. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, Justin went with librarian, which was actually part of the question, but that's all right. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> you got that incorrect. Uh, David and uh, Vincent Van Spock got Giles. The correct answer is Giles. Uh, so there that we... was 90% guesswork. <laughs> Good job, sir. Good job. Okay, here we go. Question number five. Finishing out the TV round, which series is not a spinoff of the Stargate franchise? I'm going to list four names here. Stargate Universe, Stargate Infinity, Stargate Atlantis, or Stargate Portal. Where'd you find this? I've, I've never seen anything like this. One man will break the code and open the door. Well, I should read Stargate. That was in front of us the whole time. The other will lead the way. Why are you here? I'm here in case you succeed. All answers are in. The correct answer is Portal. It was not mm-hmm. a Stargate spinoff. Uh, Infinity, I th- I think, was... There was one that was a web series, and then Universe, I think, was an animated series, or I got those backwards. Um, uh, and I think so, Infinity was the web series. Universe was the last TV 
the spinoff, which is oh, basically so Battle, it's basically Battlestar Gate Galactica. Oh, okay, interesting. Two of those I knew for sure were, and then between the last two, I wasn't sure, and I figured that Portal seemed a little redundant for <laughs> Stargate <laughs> Portal. Like it's you did the same know. thing I did then. <laughs> there was a Saturday morning Stargate cartoon, but I think it died almost instantly. Yeah, I I saw that on the wiki there. Um, Stargate Atlantis is actually uh, where Jason Momoa got one of his big breaks. Oh, really? really? Mm-hmm. Yep. So score there, uh, Justin was the only one that missed it. So David, Vincent Van Spock, and Andrew got that correct. We are at the end of the TV round. Alexis, give us a score update. Vincent is in the lead with nine, and the other three are tied with eight. Oh, boy. It's close. It is close. It is close. This is a very close. I think this may be one of the closest games so far that we've played in a long right. time. Right, right, right. All right. Let's get into sci-fi in print. This one's always a tough one. Uh, but, I mean, if you read your books yeah, or maybe read some comics, you might you might do well here. Who wrote... The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It is a truly remarkable book. True. Yeah, I've read that too. Dang it. Yeah, it's more popular than 53 More Things to Do in Zero Gravity, more controversial than Elon Kalusin's trilogy of philosophical blockbusters, where God went wrong, some more God David, David does not know the answer to this question. question. Yeah. He has he no clue. Anyway. <laughs> and in some areas of the western spiral arm of the galaxy, it has even supplanted the Encyclopedia Galactica as the standard repository of all Somebody knowledge. Somebody mute the man! <laughs> it has done so for two reasons. One, it is no, two, it has the word so Jesse, you have to tell you, don't panic. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Alexis. Okay, all right. Looks like we might have a situation where we're going to leave it up to the panel to possibly give a <laughs> half point. A half point here. So everybody got that correct, except Andrew went with Douglas Somebody. The correct answer <laughs> is Douglas Adams. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and it was uh, Douglas. So, Douglas. Uh, right, right, right. So the panel, uh, up to you. You you guys, I mean, he's got two. one of the two. So what do you think? Half a point there? Well, he didn't go slutty, slutty Bart fast. So, I mean, I guess that counts for some. <laughs> I give him half. Half a point. All right. I'll take it. All right, good enough, good enough. Question number two. Now, this is multiple choice. When was H.G. Wells' The Time Machine first published? Was it 1895, 1903, or 1921? I'll admit, I'm not a fan of that movie, but it has what is absolutely my favorite line in about a time travel. And it comes from Jason Isaacs at the end. He says, we all have our time machines. Those that take us forward are dreams. And those that take us back are memories. Oh, that's, oh, good. that's like, a good line. I was like, that was like, this movie is horrible, but that is probably the most brilliant thing I've heard written in a movie in a long time. The correct answer is 1895. And I figured, Justin, I figured. Justin missed it, went with 1903. So Yeah, I was thinking uh, Dracula was 1800s. All right, question number three. Captain Trips was the name of the virus that wiped out 99.4% of the population in what novel written by Stephen King? Andrew, are you just going to read every, or give a, give me every book by Stephen King? Is that how that's going to work? We call, we call that accuracy by volume. That's what we call that. <laughs> those, those two are not it, sir, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so the was it one of the ones he listed? Uh, no, he did not. He, no. Children of the Corn is not. It is not. <laughs> so 
we're <laughs> you're just going to call it there, Andrew. You're done, sir. Uh, <laughs> uh, the correct answer, what I have written down here, is The Stand. So David wrote The Omega Man. Now, are you like, do you know that oh. as an absolute fact or something? Tell me Tell me uh, why you... I think the uh, Andromeda strain, but you could you could be right. Oh, four monkeys with another one. I was getting. I was just kind of going through. Okay, viruses, future, wiped out ninety percent of the population. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I have no idea. I know the Omega Man is the inspiration for. What's that Will Smith movie where he's? I have legends, and I think there's one more based on it too. Yeah. I am legend. Yeah. Yeah. And they adapted it into a movie, Omega Man, starring Charlton Heston. Yeah. And they adapted that into I Am Legend with Will Smith. Right. They right. also okay. they also had The Last Man on Earth, which was uh That was it too, yeah. Vincent Price. And that was based on I Am Legend. Okay. Vincent and Justin got that correct. Question number four. Which 2011 novel by Ernest Cline featured a young man by the name of Wade Watts who plugs into the digital universe? known as the Oasis, to attempt to solve a puzzle that could lead to power and wealth. It's right Someone up there in my top five favorite books of all time. This is my number one favorite. Easter eggs out the wazoo. There was also a movie adaptation, which was kind of funny to see how they tried to work around so many of the uh, infringements that would have prohibited them from putting certain things into the movie. <laughs> I have never seen a book adaptation and a movie adaptation so different. I know, right? Have you seen Starship Troopers? Yeah, I've seen Starship Troopers. <laughs> never read the book, though. Never read the book. Yeah, well, well, if you've read the title of the book, you have read everything that is the same between both. <laughs> Jurassic, Jurassic right. Park was way have, different from the movie, too. Yeah, rephrase. I have never seen a movie adaptation that was so different from the book but was equally enjoyable if taken as its own entity. Because the movie itself, I was like, this is not a faithful adaptation of the book, but it's a fun movie. So you take it as a separate entity and you enjoy it. You just can't compare it to the book. All right. All answers are in. Everybody knew this one pretty well. This was Ready Player One, and everybody got that correct. All right. So question number five. What Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel which portrays Jews as mice and Nazis as cats, was oh. recently removed from classrooms in Tennessee. Fun fact, I actually read this book my senior year in high school. I took an elective for a, uh, I forgot what the class was called, but basically it was, a, it was like appreciation for like comics or graphic really? novels in general. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. You said this was high school or college? High school. Uh, my, it was an wow. elective in my senior year like where I had like nothing else to do. That's oh, man, cool. I wish we had that. No kidding, that, dude. We, me yeah. and Justin are from Appalachia up here, Ohio, West Virginia area. And we didn't, dude. There's, Country yeah. <laughs> Take me home. <laughs> I was lucky to have that. intro to Windows. Read this, read Watchmen, read, oh my God, that would have been so much fun. Every time I hear West Virginia, I just think of that song. Uh, Justin Justin lives out in, uh, a, a, well, let's just say it's a little bit rural. Rural? I can't even say it, but rural. you know. Yeah, there you go. Um, Lincoln, he lives it. He lives out so far enough. I teased the people that graduated from high school out there that they were just given a, a tackle box and a fishing pole. Anyway, yeah, where, I, where I went to school at, we had like two different sides of the school. We had the the boys from town that went to Frontier, and then we had the country boys that went to Frontier. <laughs> <laughs> so we got this joke when I run into somebody, they always say, Hey, did you go to Frontier or did you go to Frontier? 
<laughs> like, like I would frontier. <laughs> oh, that's great. Everybody got this correct, by the way. This was definitely mouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, everybody got that correct. So we are at the end of our first round. Alexis, please let us know where the scores are standing. All right. Right now we got Andrew with 11.5. We've got Justin <laughs> David tied with 12, and we got Mr. Vincent Van Spock with 14. All right. Round two. Here we go. It's going to get tough. I'll tell you that right now. And the, each question is worth two points. Movie trivia. First five questions. Here we go. What is the name of Chewbacca's homeworld seen in Revenge of the Sith? Please tell me that spelling is not a factor here. <laughs> spelling is not the same thing. Then now the time is, Commander. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. All right. Wow. Okay. Here it is. Everybody's got their answers in and there is, uh, yeah, it's, it's Kashyyyk. Everybody spelled it as close as they could. We'll just put it that way. There are two people that got it spelled correctly, at least according to my answers here. It's spelled K-A-S-H-Y-Y-Y-K. So that is one Y off. off. Justin, Justin had an extra S in there when he didn't need one. Yeah, so but, yeah, I mean, uh, just, you, you, you kind of threw me because when you when you, men- you you mentioned it as being like in uh, Revenge of the Sith, where it's like you know as opposed to the Star Wars Holiday Special, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, because they used to say Chewbacca was from Endor. Did they really? I didn't know that. Yeah, they that used was back to. when the script. Yeah, that's back when the script was like where the Ewoks were supposed to be like like young Wookies, and then they because cha- originally they were supposed to be all Wookies, and then they're like ah, they look too different, and just change it to Ewoks. Nice. Yeah, Although they never actually it. say the name Ewok in the movie. They never say that word. So oh, a cuter, smaller version of an existing character has like no history or precedent whatsoever for making lots of money for Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sets a pattern. Um, okay. All right. Question number two. What are the synthetic humans in Blade Runner called? Yeah, a lot of those movies are actually tied together basically through a certain company in the movies. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got this thing that they say that Blade Runner is actually connected to Soldier, and it's also connected to uh, the Alien and Predator movies somehow. Oh, no kidding. Interesting. Well, we've got it's, all four... It, Go ahead, Justin. I would say it's all based on that company from Blade Wayland Runner, Utani? basically. Mm-hmm. Wayland yutani Yep. Okay. All right. Is that in Blade Runner? Yeah. Wayland, no. uh, Alien and Predator. Okay. All right. Well, you know what, Justin, I, I will. Uh, I'm going to have to look that fan theory up. But everybody got this correct. It is replicants. Mm-hmm. One or twos, twos across the board. Mm-hmm. Okay. Question number three in Guardians of the Galaxy, Peter Quill named his spaceship after which '80s actress? Dance off, bro. Me and you. Come on. Subtle. Take it back. What are you doing? I'm distracting you, you big turd blossom. Well, everybody, Justin put Milano. The correct answer is Alyssa Milano. So mm-hmm. are we going to give Justin one point here, two points? I mean, it's I don't know. This is up to you guys. How do you want to how do you want to get even close? What's that? Did anyone else get it? Oh, yeah. Everybody else got it correct. Everybody got it okay. correct. Just Justin just put Milano. 
I say half a point just like we did for Douglas. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, then Justin gets one and everybody else gets two for that question. Is it also a cookie, right? Yes, it what? is. Justin, that's, did you do that? That was that was was that the cookie you were trying to that, reference? That's it, that's what I was thinking, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, and back to the future. Question number four. And back to the future, people keep mistaking Marty as being from what military branch? <laughs> I like this one. Must be rough being named after a complete butthead. So what's it to you, butthead? Just get in the car, butthead. What are you looking at, butthead? What are you looking at, butthead? He's a butthead just like his old man was. Hey, butthead. Who you call it, butthead? Butthead. All right. Okay, all answers are in. Uh, Justin went with the Navy. David Wright went with Air Force. And Andrew and Vincent went with Coast Guard. And the correct answer is Coast Guard. Coast Guard. <laughs> yep. I am not going to the Back to the Future question. I was thinking. I was thinking water. Right. I put AV first for the quote, and then I remembered that the Coast Guard and the Navy are not the same thing. Yeah, I I purposely wrote that to throw because what throws people, what people keep make the assumption is he's wearing a padded vest. Yes. Uh But and yeah, I hate to say it at first. I thought I remembered it as Navy as well, and was like, ooh, I wonder if they're going to get that right. So yeah, I purposely chose that to trip you guys up. And I remember Biff like Whoa. teases him after, or I think he just somebody teases him when he's at the diner. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Are you from the Coast Guard or something? What's with the yeah. life preserver? <laughs> What's with the life preserver? Uh-huh. Uh, what'd you do, jump okay. ship? Okay. After this, I'm gonna get the Back to the Future almanac and hop in a time machine and give it to myself before the <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Question number five. Last question in movie trivia. In Logan's Run. Civilians are killed by the time they reach what age? And this is multiple choice. 30, 35, 40, or 50. The absolute attainment of every wish. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer presents the Saul David production of Logan's Run. A fantastic journey through a world beyond imagination. The... Correct answer I see that is highlighted down here is that civilians are killed by the time they reach age 30. Ah, uh, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. So David and Andrew wrote 30. I went with the youngest sounding one because that seemed to be more dramatic. That movie was whacked out. Tell me about uh, it. <laughs> all right, we're at the end of our first set of questions there for round two. Alexis, pro- please provide a score update. Vincent Van Spock has eight. Andrew has 10, David has 8, and Justin has, hold on a second, 5. 5. 5. Okay. Oh, right. Lord. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's all right. Got plenty of time to make up some. Uh, make up some I'm not last. Here. <laughs> all right, we're moving into TV. What is Sulu's primary position on the USS Enterprise? And this is not multiple choice. He is the primary guy that says, oh, my. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that, that one was Perfect. pretty good. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Now we're gonna we're gonna have a discussion here because the correct I shouldn't say correct. What we have listed down here, Sulu's primary position on the USS Enterprise is listed as helmsman. All right. Mm. So uh Vincent and David got that correct, or at least said helmsman. Andrew went with navigator. 
And then Justin went with pilot. Now, here's the thing. I just typed in helmsman into Google, and the dictionary says a person who steers a ship or boat. (laughs) I don't know what you guys want to do in this situation. We got pilot and we've got navigator. Is either one going to get half a point, or I should say one point? Are we going to say no points? As a military brat, I think that they're different. Pilot is specifically for air vehicles, not space. Okay. Pilots are also used to dock the ship. Okay. That's where the term originally comes from. It originally was a naval term, but it it is different than the helm. Okay. All right. And then navigator is also different, in my opinion, because a navigator can chart the course, but they can't actually fly the ship on it. All right. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I'd be okay with half points for the, the other okay. two. Yeah, I'm cool with that, too. Okay. Hey. All right, there you go. You guys got uh, Justin and Andrew both got one. <laughs> Question number two. What is the surname of the family primarily featured in Lost in Space? Although you are superior, we are both machines. I ask only to serve you. Your proposal is very interesting, but come no closer. I have computed you, and your memory banks do not scan. We shall be friends. Danger will redact it. Danger. <laughs> Wasn't that robot in other things, too? Uh, well, uh, That's like uh, a generic, like, 50s toy robot. Yeah, well, there was basically, like, Dick Tufel, who did the voice of the robot, also did the voice of the robot in Forbidden Planet. And they actually did do a crossover in one episode of the show where they, the Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet was kind of like a villain character, but I think the Lost in Space robot is, is a different robot than that one. Okay. Alright, all answers are in, and it is Robinson. Oh. Uh, so, so, like, Robinson Caruso, basically. Well, it was the Swiss family Robinson. Oh! Uh, yeah, based on that, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, David, Justin, and Vincent got that correct. Yeah, I put I put Rogers. Rogers. <laughs> Oh, I think I was thinking of Buck Rogers. I think of like sci-fi, like old school sci-fi, I think. Right. <laughs> I knew it was an R, though. I knew it was an R. Yeah, yeah, you were close. All right, question number three. What sci-fi show premiering in 1963 was later made into a feature film in 1999 starring Christopher Lloyd? Kind of a guilty pleasure for me. It, it is not Taxi, so this I don't know. That would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> It's not one flew over the cuckoo's nest. He was in that too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> He's a young dude there. Wow. I mean, clearly the right answer is Back to the Future Part Three, right? Well, that's uh, how did you know? How did you know? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, it's a tough one. And this was supposed to be easy, Alexis. Well, she said it was one of her guilty pleasures, not not, not too many other people's. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, if you guys want a hint, this is a Disney film. It also starred Jeff Daniels. Right. Oh, oh, okay. I know which oh. one they both in. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. You guys keep insulting me. I'll give you hints. All answers are in, and everybody got that right. The correct answer is my favorite Martian. I forgot I mean, about. I may go without the the tip. Huh? Uh, well, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew was struggling. Andrew had some problems. Yeah. I'm like I'm Adam's not. family, Back to the Future. I'm like, no, like, like maybe Adam's family, but that's not sci-fi. Or like, Mindy. Ah. <laughs> I, I almost had to lead there. Thanks. I didn't yeah. know that was. I didn't know that was a movie, but it is an adorable movie. It is so cute. It is. I didn't know that was a TV series before. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Which question number four? Which voice actor 
provides the voices for Fry, Zoidberg, and Professor Farnsworth on Futurama. Hey, Ren, with all the phony unnamed sources and highly slanted and even fraudulent reporting, what, what, this is like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Fake news is distorting democracy in our country. Joy. (laughs) All answers are in. The correct answer is Billy West. And Vincent was the only one that got that right. We got Justin going with Nancy Cartwright. I was thinking that. Yeah. Okay. Who is, help me out. Nancy Cartwright is the voice of Bart Simpson. Oh, okay. All right. Andrew, you went with Mark Mothersbaugh. I see that name a lot in like those cartoons, but I actually don't. Yeah, I don't even know that's voice actor. (laughs) Okay, all right. Well, good enough. David, Uh, he went with Joe DiMaggio. John, John DiMaggio. My bad. So who's who is this? He's the voice bender, and he also voices Jake on uh, Adventure Time. Got it. And Phoenix in the Gears of War franchise. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So it is Vincent that got that correct. Everybody else, unfortunately, got a zero. Okay. Back, baby. <laughs> Actually, fun fact. Well, not really a fun fact. Billy West also does the voice of Zab Brannigan. But does anyone else here know uh, which voice actor slash just actor in general was originally going to voice Zab Brannigan when they were hammering out the details of the show? And Bill Hartman. Yeah. Yeah. Hartman. Bill Hartman. Oh, he does kind of sound like that voice, kind of. Yeah. They he after he died, they gave the role to Billy West and he decided to do the voice as a Phil Hartman impression. And that's why Fry's first name is Philip. Oh, okay. That, that does make sense though, because he does ha- he had I can't do the I'm not even do the impression, but that does sound like a voice that Phil would do. Yeah. Yeah, that that was supposed to be his role before he tragically died. He was killed by his wife, right? I think. Yep. Murder suicide. Oh, yeah, and it's because of Andy Dick. Really? What? Yeah, Andy Dick gave her the drugs that caused her to go off hinged. Uh, Did John, he also uh, give Chris Farley him. the drugs that killed him? Yeah. What? John Lovett later punched him really hard in the face. Nice. Question number five. The animated series Ben 10 featured a child who could change into a plethora of alien forms, though he would later unlock dozens of species. Which of these was not... One of the original 10 from the first series. Heat Blast, Brainstorm, Diamond Head, or Four Arms. Those were actually the nicknames that Ben gave to the alien forms. I I was not going to be totally cruel and go with the actual alien species names. (laughs) That's good. Thank you. It was actually a good series before uh, Cartoon Network decided they were going to beat it into the ground mercilessly. Wasn't there also like a live action version? There was a live action movie. Yeah, it oh. it was so bad. Well, it was horrible because they clearly were very limited on the special effects budget. So they only had them change into like two or three aliens throughout the whole movie because it's obvious they didn't have the money to do it. And anyone who watches that show, it's like you obviously watch it to watch him change into the alien forms. Mm. That first series was the best, just like Teen Titans. Oh, yeah. They probably should have called the movie Ben three or four. <laughs> <laughs> Is, it, is that why it's 10? Is it 10 different aliens? Yes. Uh, originally, okay. well, it's, yeah, originally he gets 10 alien forms. As the show progressed, he started to unlock more and more. The, I, I can't remember exactly how many he does end up with by the uh, end of the series. But it, what, it's a dozen at least. Does, isn't there a thing where he goes into the future or something? It's like Ben 10,000 or something. 
Oh, God, yeah, I remember that episode. I'd be walking into the theater going to be like, I've never seen the first nine movies. This has been ten. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All, all answers are in. Um, we got, uh, so we got three people got this correct, with Brainstorm being the correct wow. answer. Yep. Uh, Andrew, Vincent, and Justin got that correct. Uh, David went with Diamond Head. I hate to say it, but again, I did try to trip you guys up because while Brainstorm was an alien form he got later, he had a similar themed alien as one of his first ones called Gray Matter. Mm -hmm. Both aliens were were basically just living computers, so to speak. So right now, uh, Vincent is sitting at uh, 18. Justin is sitting at 12, David is sitting at 14, and Andrew is sitting at 15. Okay. All right. It's, okay, here we go. We're getting into book slash comic trivia here for our sci-fi section. Question number one. In DC Comics, there are multiple types of kryptonite featured. Of the following, which one is not toxic to Superman? Is it red kryptonite, white kryptonite, green kryptonite, or gold kryptonite. Which one is not toxic to Superman? What are you looking at? Excuse me, Superman? It's me, Ricky. Ricky from Smallville. Superman, tell him he won't hurt anybody. Ricky, he's changed. No. Okay, all answers are in. Uh, The correct color of kryptonite that is not toxic to Superman is white. And Justin... And Vincent got that correct. So tell us, Alexis, if you got it there, what does red kryptonite do to Superman? Okay, well, red kryptonite not only uh, severely weakens Kryptonians, more so uh, than uh, the green kryptonite. I'm assuming that nobody wrote green kryptonite. We all know that harms him. I put gold. Yeah, I was going to say gold. We got gold and red. So, yeah, everybody stay away from green. Because I'm thinking in real life, gold, I think, is like an inert metal. So I thought maybe it just looks nice. I don't know. Okay. That's good reasoning, in my opinion. Uh, Red has also been known to cause bizarre mood swings and even mutations. Gold kryptonite actually removes Kryptonian powers permanently. Oh, okay. Not inert. Not inert. (laughs) White kryptonite is... Uh, kills all plant life around it, but it does not harm Kryptonians. Okay. So it's like reverse Kryptonite then. Yeah, I guess it would be. Okay, question number two. In the original Jurassic Park novel, how many species of dinosaurs are featured on the island? Is it 5, 10, 15, or 20? For the record, I I know that everyone here has seen the movie. But if you mm-hmm. haven't read the book, read it. it is, I mean, it is a really good book. It's it's way different than the movie. <laughs> yeah, the scene where Nedry dies is so hauntingly well-written. Ooh. It's terrifying. Was it different than from the film? It's a lot more graphic. Oh, okay. For everybody it's same, it's same like Dinosaur Kills Him, I'm assuming. Uh, dinosaur Kills Him, but there's a point where he actually, he's blinded, and then he feels something warm in his lap, and he's like, what the hell is that? And he realizes it's his intestines falling. Oh, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, you didn't say the magic word. So I got a question for you regarding the movie, for everybody. I'm a hacker. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> So when Nedry and Dodson are together in that first like opening scene with them, he's and got Dodson go- there. 
Yeah. That <laughs> when he opens up the, the Barbasol canister, it makes a really high-pitched, weird noise. Now, is that coming from the canister, or is that coming from Nedry? Because I have no idea. <laughs> I thought that Nedry squealing. <laughs> I think it's Nedry, but I'm not sure. It could come from the canister. <laughs> Go ahead. I say Jurassic Park is like one of the first movies I had on VHS. I think I was like four or five when it came out on VHS. Nice. And I remember I thought Barbasol was a fictional brand from the movie. <laughs> and so when I remember when I was a little older and I saw it in stores, I'm like, like, oh, it's a thing from Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> but what got me was a lot of people were thinking that they were going to do a sequel using that can. It's like there is no way that can can last that long. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, hold on. It's a long one. It's getting buried. You have. I remember being a kid and assuming it was going to be a plot point mm-hmm. in a later movie. And then, yeah, when it finally. Because, yeah, it came out, I think, when I was eight. And then, yeah, you know, later it's just like, you said it was 48 hours of. Uh, well, I don't remember what he said. Something, some kind of cooling agent. Oh, right. And I don't know if you guys ever played the game, but there's actually a Jurassic Park game where that. The, that the Barbasol can is a plot point where they, somebody else does find the Barbasol can and they try to get it off the island to sell it to like another bidder. But uh, it's, nice. it's a fun game. Did any of you guys see it back when it came out in 3D a few years ago? No, no. They oh. re-released it in 3D? Yeah, they re-released it back in 2013, maybe? Yeah, I didn't see it, but I do remember uh, one. Of, I can't remember what movie I saw, but they did a teaser trailer for three for that they were going to re-release it by having the T Rex scene in 3D. Yes. Okay. So, so I, wa- I got to watch it, watch the T Rex scene in 3D before I saw my other movie, and I remember watching, going, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" It was so cool. I think they did like the Dolby Atmos, or whatever, like sound, and I, I just I went to see it with my cousins a few like when it was in 3D, and I was like, amazing. The sound was like that whole like. T-Rex and everything. So good. So good. Nice. I remember whenever I saw it, it was like opening weekend. There was like barely any place to sit. I mean, it was crowd. It was packed. packed. Yeah, dude. All right, here we go. So our answers, uh, the correct answer. Let me read that question one more time. In the original Jurassic Park novel, how many species of dinosaurs are featured on the island? And the correct answer is 15. And mm. Justin and Vincent got that correct. See, I put 20 because I figured in the book he still wouldn't spare no expense. So. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it doesn't cost him anything to write more dinosaurs into the book. Right, right, exactly. Mm. All right, heading into question number three. Who is the narrator of H.G. Wells's War of the Worlds? Yes, and this is book slash comic trivia, so... Who is the narrator of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds? Oh, so not the movie one. Okay, because I think I remember the movie one. Damn. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, we're not talking about the uh, 19... Well, when did the first one come out? Like the 1960s or 70s? Uh, the the yeah, I have no idea. I remember the black and white version of what you're talking about, but I have no idea when that came out. Yeah, I remember the aliens in that first one, and I swear to God, I think their faces were a uh, Simon game. I think I they were... I think it was actually colorized. It was the 50s. I, I gave you uh, an answer that is every narrator ever. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of too. Yeah, I think so. This is a tough question because the narrator, you got to remember, you're thinking of the narrator of the book. Mm. Who is the narrator of H.G. Wells's War of the Worlds, Alexis? No one. He's never given a name. So he is unnamed. Here are the answers we were given. Uh, Vincent went with Morgan Freeman. Andrew went with Orson Welles. David went with H.G. Wells. 
that's great. And then uh, Justin went with a reporter. So purposely kept ambiguous to, for the uh, to give more the idea that the reader themselves were in the. Oh, actually watching it. Yeah, that was the idea, to keep the narrator as bland as possible. Got it. This was the one where people thought, it was like a radio drama, right? People thought it was a real thing or something? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Orson Welles did a radio uh, drama adaptation of it. Uh, When I was in college, actually, I was in charge of our production production department at the TV station, and we did a reenactment of Orson Welles' War of the Worlds one night. We filmed we filmed a scene in the local uh, astrology la- or astronomy lab with pictures of Mars and computers going on in the background. We had local actors running through the street the str- the streets screaming, and we actually interrupted another show on the network that night, so it actually looked like it was a uh, breaking news story. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's really we did awesome. a we did a podcast on that Jesse with uh, Space Invaders. Oh, that's right. We did. We watched on the, an- the anniversary. On the anniversary. That's right. We did. That was, that was a great movie. Yeah, I remember I- Orson Welles was connected in some way because when I was in college, I took a class. It was a literary class about. Uh, we read the Black Dahlia about like the murder of the Black Dahlia, and I remember my professor mentioning how Orson Welles was a s- suspect in that murder, and he listed off all the stuff that Orson Welles was famous for back then, and so that's why I, I vaguely remember that connection. Oh, it's crazy. All right, question number four. As we're closing on the end of the No one got a point then. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. No one, no one guessed that. No one guessed unnamed. Um, question number four in Dune while staying on the desert planet Arrakis, Mm -hmm. if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. The residents have to wear a special outfit that conserves water. What is that outfit called? Yeah. Just remember, Jesse, I did a podcast on this with Mark, so don't worry about mispronouncing anything. (laughs) Right. I, yeah. Dune is considered one of the greatest sci-fi novels of all time, easily in the top five most influential ones. But so help me, you read that thing, you need a freaking notepad on the side to write down what some of the terminology means, because it gets really weird. It does have an appendix. Yeah, it does. It's like the first time I tried to read A Clockwork Orange, and I was just like, God, help me. Uh, It's like trying to read Tolkien, how descriptive he gets in this stuff, and it just... It's like, geez, <laughs> like that, like the main character, what's his name? Uh, the Atre- uh, Paul Atreides or whatever. Like he has like three different, like he's like fulfilling three different prophecies. And in each one of them, he has like a different title or name in them. It's so yeah, confusing. Exactly. I have to okay. admit, I cannot wait for the new Dune movie because of who they cast as the emperor. That is going to be awesome. <laughs> who was it? <laughs> Christopher Walken. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. You shared that. I remember seeing that. Okay. Yeah, Paul like, Atreides. Yeah, I never did catch the name of the suits. So he who okay. controls the spies controls. <laughs> the, like, just imagine Christopher Walken just talking to that movie. <laughs> oh man! Uh, all right, so our all of our answers are in. The correct answer is steel suit. Andrew, I'm ah. gonna go. Ahead, I'm gonna go ahead and give you that. I know you put steel suit. So, but I, I assume, that, yeah, you were you were probably shooting for this for that. Um, Justin went with hydration unit. Uh, which I believe. <laughs> Good job on the context clues. <laughs> More or less. Uh, but uh, so I, I, after it was all said and done, uh, David, uh, Vincent, and Andrew, I would say, got that correct. Okay. I think it. I think yeah, I, it is still suit. I think I just heard it as pronounced as steel suit for some right, reason. Right. Right. 
Okay. Do you want? Let's do a, let's do a quick score update. We got one question left. Let's see if anybody has the opportunity to try and catch up here. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Andrew has fifteen. Okay. Justin and David both have sixteen. Okay. And Vince Advance Spock has twenty-four. Jeez, dude. All right. So he's only missed two, if I'm calculating that correctly. I believe um, so. Yeah. All right. Solid, solid work, Vincent. Solid. Yeah, you're doing good. All right. Well, question number five. Here we go. Finishing it up. In 1984, which is not one of the... uh, So, uh, by the way, this is 1984, the novel, not just the year. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Took me first. Clarify that. Yeah, I should probably put that in there. Um, In 1984, the novel, which is not one of the three countries that make up the entire world... Oceania, Eurasia, Australasia, or East Asia? See, I had to include a question because this is my all-time favorite book. All-time favorite? Mm-hmm. I don't read enough books, you know? I just remember Double Think or Double Speech. Uh... No, it was Double Think and New Speak. Oh, there you go. Okay, okay. Yep. I've heard those terms before. I mean, this novel has been like yeah. strength is weakness. Weakness is strength. It's like the whole like reverse like role thing. Yeah. Freedom is war. Yeah. There, there's a reason why the phrase Orwellian now means dystopian future. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, yeah. That's true. 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 Uh, the correct answer. So the one that is not one of the three countries that make up the entire world in 1984 is Australasia. Mm hmm. So it looks like Vincent and Andrew got that correct. So we have reached the end. Now, I know, Alexis, you are doing pen and paper scorekeeping. So we'll go ahead. We'll do plugs as you're figuring up what the final scores are going to be. And uh, we'll go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and start. Uh, as I'm going down here, Vincent, let's go ahead. You, you got anything you'd like to plug here? I know you, if you're active there out on the internet, doing some stuff, podcasts or blogs, anything like that, what would you like to plug? Yeah, so I'm a part of the MCU's Bleeding Edge podcast and YouTube channel. And uh, you can find us anywhere that you can find podcasts. So Spotify, iHeartRadio, et cetera. Um, you can also watch our YouTube shows of the podcast. It's the same stuff there. Sometimes we do have some different content. I also post some blogs on our website, uh, mcusbleedingedge.com. And uh, you can find me specifically on TikTok, on uh, Twitch, on Instagram, just pretty much all of the social media platforms as Vincent Van Spock, or you can look up the MCU's Bleeding Edge on all of those platforms as well. Okay, very good. All right, Andrew, uh, where can people find you at? What you been doing here, man? Uh, so I'm the games writer over at Geek News Now. Uh, right now it's May, so we're really pushing Star Wars stuff right now, so I'm writing a lot of Star Wars stuff over there right now. <laughs> I also co-host a uh, video game theme podcast called DualSense Podcast. It's a play on words of the DualSense PS5 controller, but there's two of us, so hence the duo. And so we talk about video game news, what we've been playing, and just what's going on in that that corner of the internet and stuff. And then I also co-host a Star Wars podcast. It's literally just called My Star Wars Show. Not very original. Uh, <laughs> with one of my friends on on YouTube. Uh, it's only on YouTube right now. So, uh, yeah. 
Okay, very good, very good. Justin Thomas, you welcome back to the podcast land, buddy. I know we haven't had you on for some podcasts for a while, source material or unspoken issues or anything like that. So just be prepared now that you've got a headset and I know I can get a hold of you. Yeah. See if you want to talk some comics. What what do you got going on? Plug some stuff. Uh, basically I'm a background character for a source material podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Other than that, pretty much you can find me on uh, Xbox Live under Arctic Lightning, PlayStation Network under Spectre 13. Same goes for Nintendo. I go at Spectre 13. Facebook, you can find me under just my name, Justin Thomas. And pretty much Spectre 13 on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, pretty much everything. You find you find me somewhere around there. Is it always the approving Deadpool pick? Oh, yeah. All right. Returning champion David Wright, we're about to find out if you you still hold your title. <laughs> but until then, sir, let everybody know. I know you've been pretty busy here lately on the Rattle Itching Broadcasting Network, so what's been going yeah. on, man? Well, it's just one of those months where everything's coming out is stuff that I'm interested in. <laughs> so it's been nothing but uh, Top Gun, Star Trek, and Downton Abbey this month for me. So, yeah, you can just check me out on just about any other show on this month. That's right. Right. Very good. Well, glad every single one of you guys got on here and competed tonight. Thank you so much for spending two hours of your time, uh, you know, hanging out with us, playing a good game of trivia. Alexis, do we have our scores yet? Yes, we do. Okay. Justin, David, you guys tied total with 28 points. Good job. Good job. Right. Mm-hmm. Andrew, you came in next with 28.5. Thank you, thank you. I don't think we've had a situation where that's happened, where they've eked it out by 0.5. Uh, that's great <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and that leaves our winner, Vincent Vansbach, with 40 points. Wow, congratulations, sir. What a showing. You've showed up here on Tripped Up Trivia. You took home the gold. Uh, the, gold the gold kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> took home the gold kryptonite. Well played, uh, sir. Well played. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. That was a lot of fun. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, was, abs- yeah, absolutely. For myself, uh, yeah, hey, I'm Jesse Starcher. I run a podcast called the Source Material Comics Podcast. We're at over like 300 and some episodes now where we just talk about comics. It's kind of like a book club for comics where we pick a storyline, we talk about it. I will tell you a niche podcast, niche uh, podcast that I do is strictly on 90s comics, and that's an uh, it's called Unspoken Issues. So if you go over to any podcatcher and just type in source material or the source material comics podcast. You should be able to find us pretty easily there. A little word balloon designed by uh, Alexis Hana. You should be able to find uh, that pretty quickly and then just click subscribe uh, and you can listen to me talk about comics. Uh, yeah. Un- unspoken issues. We're, we're in the throes in the throes of celebrating 30 years uh, of image comics right now. So we are dropping here in a couple weeks our focus uh, on the seven founders of Image and their number one books that they released back in the 90s. So if anybody ha- if anybody likes Image Comics, there's going to be a podcast like one every day for a solid eight days where we talk about. They're not very long. They're going to be like 20 minutes maybe. Shooting for that mythical 22-minute podcast, Mark. Uh, but uh, yeah, so anybody wants to check that out, you're more than welcome to do so. And of course, to do a bunch of stuff on the Rattletch and Broadcasting Network as well. Uh, so anyway, 
Alexis, hey now, what, plug some stuff. So, yes, my personal plugs, Honeysuckle Rose Creations, where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic. We are knee-deep in the middle of convention season. We just wrapped up shows with Planet Comic Con in Kansas City, Fan Expo in St. Louis. We just did a small pop-up show today at the Reroll Tavern. Love going down there. It's a great tavern. Those in the Kansas City area, be sure to check it out. You got tons of board games and really good beers on tap. This uh, coming weekend, we are heading to NakaCon in Overland Park kansas this is a huge anime convention it's been a couple of years since we've been away we're so happy to be back afterwards we're going to be heading out west to hutchison kansas for the smallville comic-con those who are not in the know hutchison actually is the official smallville they actually have claimed the name that they are smallville kansas so this is going to be a really fun superman themed show after that Oh, Lord, things are going to be a little crazy in July because we're doing two back-to-back shows in Texas. We are heading to the Greater Austin Comic-Con. Done this one a couple of years. A lot of fun. Love going down that. And then the weekend after, we are at Comic Palooza in Houston, Texas. This is our first year going to that one. I have wanted to work it so badly. I am so excited to be there. Of course, we're also getting ready to do our Memorial Day sale that kicks off on May 23rd and runs until the 3rd. 31st for every purchase that is made we will be donating five dollars to the veterans community project this is a wonderful charity that helps veterans find sustainable homes really happy to be donating to them again this year as always you can find all of our stuff on etsy and handmade at amazon we just restocked our etsy shop with tons more products including a handful of items inspired by five nights at freddy's security breach i'm seeing enough cosplays from that game to know it is still crazy popular <laughs> again that is honeysuckle rose creation where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic as far as trypto trivia goes next month's theme is pixar this is the tie into the release of Lightyear that is coming out the trailers have made this look like a very interesting movie and i am so excited for it now, we have done Disney trivia in the past. That was our theme for November, but we made it clear that that was strictly Disney. This will be strictly Pixar. So, Toy Story, Bugs Life, Cars, The Incredibles, Monsters, Inc., all of those films are going to be up for it. And we're also going to be taking a look at some of the history of Pixar. Be on the lookout for some questions about some of the now iconic computer geniuses who, believe it or not, did get their start running this small computer company that launched the very first CGI films. We're going to be uh, looking for contestants for that. If you are interested in playing, then hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Again, look for the Rattelich and Broadcasting Network. Let us know that you're interested in playing. Of course, that also goes to our current contestants. If you want to come back, if we have not completely scared you off yet, then we're not trying hard enough. But please, we would love to have you back next month. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, uh, for myself, Jesse Starcher, for Alexis Haina, for Vincent Van Spock, for Andrew O. Rosecoke, and Justin Thomas, and of course, David Wright, we are Tripped Up Trivia. We're getting out of here. Have a good one. Bye-bye.